This is Luis Cortez of the Way and Podcast. I'm at the home of Main Events Promotions with Miss Main Events herself, CEO of the company, Kathy Duva. Uh, Miss Duva, we you just had your fight card at MSG with Kovalev and Bivol. What are the plans moving forward for both fighters and and for Main Events? At the moment, um, we're going back and forth. There's an offer for uh, Sergey potentially to go to Russia to fight this summer. Uh, there's also the possibility of him fighting uh, in the United States uh, again this summer on the East Coast, whether it be in New York or possibly Mohegan Sun, depending on uh, what dates are available. Um, this is something that we're, we'll have sorted out in the next week or so. Right. And um, as far as Bivol, uh, he would certainly fight on the undercard if survey fights in the United States and um, what he would do next if that's not the case I'm not quite sure that's something we'd have to discuss with World of Boxing uh, World of Boxing is his promoter we're just like working in association with them okay so uh, well then from since you are actually the promoter for Kovalev obviously everybody's when are these two going to get in the ring with each other um, Bevo was so impressive against Barrera that it was like maybe it's not too much for him to do that now um, I think he answered a lot of the questions that people had um, that night. So is this something that you're thinking, because you're Kovalev's promoter 100%, is that something that you would like to see marinate for a little bit? Or obviously not like a Triple G, Canelo, or Mayweather, Pacquiao type of marination, right? But um, at least for maybe like another year or so, or another one or two fights? Well, that word marinade has been so maligned. I don't know that I want to use it, but uh, <laughs> like a curse on it. But, right. Uh, look, it, first of all, World of Boxing is going to make the decisions about who they want to fight and when. Right. Okay. Uh, they got a young fighter who's got who's who took a huge step up and looks really, really, really impressive. But there's the next step is even bigger. Um, and right. so they're going to have to decide when they're ready for that. And and in, from our perspective as Sergey's promoter, um, that fight when it happens, will present a huge risk for Sergei. So uh, certainly I think he might be the most uh, dangerous opponent out there for him. And for, if, when, when that fight happens, it should be worth a lot. Yeah. And the way we make that happen is to uh, enhance Bivol's profile, raise it up, make him a bigger star. So uh, it's nice to be able to have a platform of HBO right. and perhaps Sergei's fights or perhaps at some point his own shows. Uh, I think we've got to get... get uh, Dimitri to the point where you know he can he can headline his own shows and then that becomes a bigger fight. Right. Two headliners are fighting each other. And then we get the pleasure of, of paying sixty bucks to watch it, right? Or seventy? Oh, I don't know. You know, two guys. I, from I don't Russia. know. Whatever. <laughs> I don't know that that's going to happen with two guys. But it's the Russia. but it's yeah. it's a big fight. I mean, it I is? think hardcore fight fans might you know they're already gushing over it. So. Um, I don't know. I I kind of feel like that. That's one we'll let the hardcore side fans watch on HBO. I'm I don't know that we're going to go to. Month, so I'm fine with it being on HBO. Yeah, I, just, <laughs> I think pay-per-view um, in, in the world of, of Facebook Live, uh, yeah. it's a whole other animal. I, I don't know that pay-per-view is going to exist as we know in a few years Yeah. Uh, by the time that fight even happens. It's, Since Facebook yeah. Live has gone live, the numbers have dropped precipitously, and that is one of the reasons why it's happened. Yeah. Uh, unless Facebook wants to well, become very motivated to police themselves, which they are not. Yeah. Um, the problem is that the, 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 the tools that are available on Facebook to police it, they take about 20 minutes 
to catch from the them. time that you report them to the time they take down the offender. By then, most fights are either over or they're so far into the fight that people aren't going to go pay a pay-per-view fee to, to watch the end. So, right. Um, they have disrupted this, this business model dramatically more than people have realized. Right. Well, my buddy Mark Freda is doing a good job with uh, Fight Night Live, so uh, he's okay with this happening. <laughs> so is Mark Abrams. They're they're fine, Rich. You know, they're they're okay with that happening. I'm sure they are. Yeah. <laughs> um, so if he if Kovalev were to go to Russia, um, would that be an HBO show or would it be? Oh yes, of course. Okay. So the crew would go out they there. They have for the, they have the rights wherever it takes place. Okay. So that, and now he's exclusive with HBO. You yes, got to deal with him. Okay. I was. I'm just wanting to be sure about that. Yeah. So that that'd be cool. I'm sure the folks at HBO would be happy to go to Russia and cover a fight. So we'll see. I, these things, you know, these deals in foreign countries that come up a lot. Right. They rarely actually come to fruition. I don't know if this one will. Um, we'll know, as I said, and we'll know shortly. How do you feel? Um, and I've heard you mention this in some other interviews. Um, that you're okay, you're happy with um, your contribution to TV being back on networks. Um, yeah. NBC, great job in the early 2000s with Kermit and um, who else was on? Juan Diaz, Rocky Warren. right. Rocky, yes. Francisco Bajado. Yes. Uh, yeah, there was a whole crew of them that were on those shows. The Kermit yeah. being one of the ones that came out of that. So, are you, I mean, is that really where you're at right now? Are you going to take, you have that great relationship with HBO, obviously. Are you thinking of moving back towards using them as a distributor for um, main no, events fights? I mean, yeah. well, we were on NBC again from 2012 to 2014. Right. And uh, that's right. That's right. That's you how did, uh, we developed Sergey Kovalev. Mansoor, um, right? Yeah, Mansoor. Mansoor against Steve Cunningham. Steve we had Cunningham and Edenic. We had... Um, we had some, some terrific, and we developed Sergey Kovalev, uh, yeah. who fought, uh, uh, yeah, fought a few times actually uh, on, on that platform, and uh, he uh, he fought Lionel Thompson, and he fought uh, Gabriel Campillo on okay. NBC right. before he he, right. he, he won the title. Um, that's how we so we got him to number one, I believe, was the fight with Campillo. So right. that's how we got his title from. But um, that platform was doing very well. NBC was extremely happy, and then uh, PBC came along and offered to pay NBC for their time and to get rid of me. So uh. Uh, I don't blame NBC for making the decision to right. accept twenty million dollars in exchange for getting rid of us and and getting you know fights for free. Right. Um, they couldn't have made any other decision under the circumstances, but uh, it did it did uh, stop us in our tracks a little bit. So of course. Uh, our our goal is always to figure out what's next. Is always to find that that platform for that series, and and we're working on that. And you know, I I won't give up on NBC. And I know that if they decide to do boxing, that we will be talking to them. It's just a question of whether they decide to do it. If only Howard Cosell and ABC still. Well, that's ESPN, and they've yeah. got a, they've got an exclusive. They've got it with well, top they've got rank. Right. Yep. now. Oh, not exclusive, right? Because Golden Boy's there too, but. Uh, um, That's really those right. are those are you know a different business model. Um, there do are other models. There are other platforms. The world is changing dramatically, do rapidly. Do you think? And I was thinking about this just um, the other night. Um, 
something like Netflix or streaming service? Of do you course. think in the future you oh, see main events on like a platform like Netflix? I think Live, the whole sport's going to end up on a platform. I think I think that's what's going to happen. I don't Other think, than Facebook, I think it's pretty much but, yeah. I think it's know. pretty much inevitable. Look, when when radio started, boxing was the first sport on radio. Right. When television started, boxing was the first sport on television. When cable started, we were the first sport that ESPN produced themselves. And then the 1980. Ponies, and ponies too, right? Horse racing. Yeah. That was. When when um when 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 premium cable came into existence, HBO first sport, boxing. Um, any new platform that comes along, boxing is the first sport on it. There's a reason for that. We are uh, cheaper to produce, uh, as compared to other sports, because you only need three cameras. Uh, and, and you're in a fixed space of 20 by 20 uh, because the rights are owned by individuals as opposed to ma major leagues that are going to charge a great deal right. of money. Also, we're not, we don't have a fixed schedule. You can drop our sites in opportunistically whenever you want. That's what makes us very attractive to new platforms. So boxing will, will be the first major sport in streaming. Absolutely. Um, it has to happen. There's really, you know, right now streaming is picking up Pieces of other of major sports, they're streaming it alongside with the network presentations, whatever. But when we get to an event that's a major event that is standing alone on a streaming service, I promise you the first one is going to be a boxing match. And main events, right? Get my way. That's not a bad idea, right? <laughs> You'll take it. Well, I, you know, to be fair, Top Rank is going to be doing that with ESPN in a few weeks, so I don't think we're going to beat them. But uh, Right. Our, our our goal has is the same as it's always been. We don't want to take over the world. We don't want to be the only one. We don't want to be you know the, the biggest. Diversity is good. We just we just want to we want our spot here. We like it. You know we're 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 nice. We're we got the right size. We got the right context. We can make the system work for the right guy, and cool. we have done it consistently for 40 years, and we try to keep doing it. That's right. And for the fans out there that are unaware, uh, this year marks the 40th year of existence for the main events. Um, April, you said, right? May. May, sorry. Mm -hmm. um, so May, you will turn 40. Um, just, <laughs> I wish. Well, no. <laughs> 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 um, so just um, real, real quickly, there's a little, there's four decades, so much history. Um, what, obviously, the showdown, Hearns, mm -hmm. Leonard, but what were some of your personal, like, favorites mm -hmm. of, of, whether it's a fighter or event or just that you had a pleasure to deal with um, in this business. Well, I don't know if pleasure is the right word. <laughs> They're always stressful. Uh, but the things that I remember most fondly, certainly the showdowns because, I mean, I was 27. My husband was 29. He was promoting wow. the biggest fight in history. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine. That's not a bad start, right? It was. To realize, you know, Being being in Las Vegas old. that week, walking around Caesar's Palace like we were these big shots, had no idea what we were doing, uh, learning the business as we were going along, and um, uh, our, our whole staff had to stay home to run the closed circuit operation, which really was the only place we made money on that fight. Okay. Uh, the, the, the promotion of the fight itself, we kind of got hired by Ray Leonard's manager, my right, trainer, trainer. Yeah. who was at that time trying to prove his theory that any moron could promote a big fight. Uh -huh. And he hired my husband, um, who turned out wasn't a moron. So right, right. Uh, it went very well. And, um, and and in the course of that promotion, although we didn't make a lot of money at it, uh, we made our money at the closed circuit locations. It was just Dan and I and his father out there at the fight. Um, we were there 
you know, realizing as this was happening, we were making history. I mean, I'm walking through the airport and people talking about it. Newsstands had uh, magazines where our, the fight was the cover of Sports Illustrated and Newsweek. And, sure. you know, at the Sport yeah. Magazine, which was the big magazine at the time, the sporting, you looked at the newsstands, the which we had then. Yeah, yeah and, and every cover, you know, so we we're like, wow, like we are making history. We know we're in the middle of it. And that was like yeah. uh, an amazing experience. A lot of people made money on that fight. Uh, I spoke with Johan Jr. Yeah, the closed circuit. The closed circuit, right. Oh, and we did fine with the closed circuit. Yeah, I'm sure. We I'm sure. Make it on the fight. <laughs> on we, that, we on the just, gate or anything. We, we right. were just, yeah, we, we just were given a small fee to do the work. Right. Um, and, uh, and that's a special and, fight for him. Well, Mike had this idea very early on. My trainer, who was very, the very capable manager Ray Leonard, that right, right. He, which was not unlike the the concept of PBC, which is the fighter should be in control of everything and hire someone to put on the fight. What he didn't recognize at that moment was the person that he hired was exceptionally adept or qualified to learn how to do it. Let's put it yeah. that way. My my husband was. Deter was a lawyer, a young lawyer at the time, and determined to learn the business inside out through the course of that promotion. And he hired advisors, uh, consultants, very smart people from who did everything from ticketing to television production to uh, a guy who uh, who used to run uh, arenas. You know, all these people had expertise in the various areas, insurance, whatever. And he paid them all a fee to come in, took all the money we made on that fight, and paid them to come in and teach him. Wow. Do all their jobs. Investing in himself. And that's what he did. Smart. And uh, and so then we went from there. Um, the other fights that I will never forget would be the night Rocky Lockridge knocked Roger Mayweather out in one yeah. round in Texas, in Orange, Texas. Um, Rocky Lockridge. I, I will yeah. never forget the day that uh, Vander Holyfield uh, knocked out Buster Douglas. Oh yeah. No one saw that yeah. coming except us. Um, Don't throw the uppercut that way, and you might still be heavyweight champion. <laughs> you know, we were on our way to the arena, and George Benton George came to the ben. elevator at the same time that Dan and I did, all walking to the arena that afternoon. And it was the afternoon when we went to the arena, and um, and George stood by the elevator and demonstrated for us exactly how Evander would knock him out, and he. Did really? that exact move. They had he, the professor it. would know. He practiced it. They, yeah. Vander started that fight, and the plan was to land that that that, that exact shot that exact way and awesome. bore Buster into it. And yeah. He knew he would catch him with that uppercut if he could just set him up. George Benton, one of my favorites, um, yeah. did a huge piece when he passed for yeah. Max Boxing. Quite an experience. Two part series, one as a fighter, the other as a trainer. Um, so yeah, they don't make them like that. He anymore. introduced me to Catfish. Maybe eat it. Yeah. Oh, okay. I was like, wait, who, what fighter was nicknamed Catfish? No, we were somewhere in the South Texas somewhere, and he just said, you never had Catfish? You know, and he yeah. took me to the restaurant, and he said, okay, you're going to eat this, and he, and he made me order it. it was so wow. So I, I love it. Yeah. So George Benton, um, uh, Ray Mancini, you, you didn't promote Ray Mancini, but you had Livingston Bramble. No, we just Bramble. kept eating him. Yes, <laughs> Livingston Bramble. Um, so just a lot of the history from the 80s. And we had um, Camacho when he, when he fought uh, Ray as well. That's right. We promoted that fight too. That's right. That's right. Those fights were um, in Pazienza Camacho. We, had a lot, we did a lot yeah. of Texas fights, more than people realize. Um, um, the other big, big moments were, of course, the Gaddy War trilogy and the, and, the, <laughs> and the Kovalev winning the right. title. I mean, we've had a lot of remarkable experiences. Uh, Holyfield Bow, the Sandman fight, is one of the most that's right. uh, iconic yeah. moments in sports history, actually. I was, was 
I think side. 10 years old when that fight <laughs> happened, and I remember watching it in New York at my uncle's house. And, mm-hmm. What the hell is going on? <laughs> and then there's the bad memories, like Whitaker Chavez and oh, Caleb yeah. Chavez and yeah. you know, the Knights and, and maybe arguably Kovalev Ward, you know, where, where we just got hosed. Both of those, yeah. right? Yeah. So you saw the game plan from Taylor, and Whitaker didn't disappoint. The judges just... The judge yeah. always disappoints. Exactly. At least they did then when he exactly. was going up against a dog king fighter. The, the, the crazy thing about Taylor Chavez is that Taylor was ahead on the cards. He never dreamed that that was possible. Oh, okay. Back yeah, then, was, you weren't yeah, going Don, to get yeah. ahead on the cards. If King was on the other side, you knew that you had to yeah, knock the other guy out. There was no question. And when the fight ended, my feeling was, you know, he didn't knock him out. We were going to lose anyway. Then I went to the scores table, and I looked at the cards. Oh. Then I got upset. Yeah. Because we had no idea that he was ahead. And uh, and he was. Richard Steele, man. Richard Steele. <laughs> never, never was brought in by Nevada to officiate another major fight. Yeah. That wasn't Don King's after that. Never. Yep. Up until then, he did every big fight. Well. Yeah. Do you ever see... <laughs> Kind of an admission. We can end with this. Do you ever see that being remedied? No. No? It's just not. it's the Wild West, so you got to survive, right? You know the rules when you go in. And, and and when it happens every time, it's like new, just like when it was Sergey and Ward. happened again where we felt we were clearly ahead and indisputably ahead, and boom, you know. You, and you have to just keep reminding yourself every time it happens. Yeah. Um, this is a subjective sport. You know going in when when the, when the deck's going to be stacked against you because right. the judges are human, because they hear the crowd, because they they have friends, they are influenced maybe even, I'm not even saying it's deliberate, although in the, back in the day, like those were deliberate, no doubt. But yeah. <laughs> when, when King was, was at his peak, there was stuff going on. Today, I think it's more a matter when you see these things, especially in fights that are kind of close. Um, like, like, like I think Kovalev was a good example. If I was, I'm not going to say he ran, certainly ran away with it the way Whitaker ran away with the Chavez. Like, right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he was ahead. You know, ahead, yeah. you're counting rounds, and he had six easily, and I, I think had, he, he at worst he had a draw there. Okay. I had him up as the winner for the knockdown. Yeah, well, that's the thing. With six rounds and a knockdown, I don't know how yeah. you win by points if you're the other guy. When it happens, though, it's like, but every time it happens, it's like it's new. And it's like you go through that same, that you know, same that, that sense of, of, of uh, anger and, and, you know, just, just being so frustrated. But, yeah. but this is, as my husband would keep quoting from The Godfather, this is the business we have chosen. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so Part two, my favorite movie of all time. Yeah. Um, so what advice, I know I said we closed with that, but um, this just popped into my head. We had a conversation about a young fighter um, from Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. What advice, now that we're in that world and the Mayweather experience is over, hopefully, <laughs> maybe not, not for not MMA, so I'm sure something will happen. Something. He will fight Andre the Giant's ghost. I don't know. He'll find something. God bless him. He knows how to make money, boy. Yeah, yeah. Probably one of the best business minds, uh, underrated as far as, you know, but I don't want to go off the rails with him. But um, 
since that experience is over, a lot of young fighters now want to turn pro right away. They don't want to do the amateur mm -hmm. system. No more headgear. If I'm going to get punched, I should get paid for it. I think it's hurting a lot of the nurturing of young guys. Sure. I'm sure you have phone calls all the time. Will you be, please be my promoter from these young guys? What advice would you give someone? So if they were to make that phone call, um, they're in a better position than just, hey, I'm a young guy who can fight and I'm respected in gyms and so forth. What what can they do for their craft of of building their own brand so that it's somebody that they're somebody that's sought after as opposed to, you know, trying to trying to get get in. Well, I'll tell you what we tell them when they call. Um, if you have a shot at, uh, at making it far enough in the amateur program to get into international competition, you're out of your mind not to do it. Because when you become a pro, you're going to be competing with people that have that experience. Right. That's why the Eastern European fighters are becoming so dominant. They have, they learn the fundamentals Hundreds. as amateurs. Hundreds of And they get yeah. great competition as amateurs. Part of the problem in the United States, which I know USA Boxing is trying to remedy right now, is that there's just not enough funds and they can't go out and compete in these international tournaments the way we used to back in the 80s and 90s right. when we were dominant in the sport in amateur boxing. Um, having said that, you know, if a, if a guy is good enough to make it into that level of competition, I think they're making, they're, they're cheating themselves by not going forward with it. Mm. Um, it is hard for Americans to win an international competition because they don't have the experience that the fighters they are going to face do. Mm -hmm. But where are you going to get it? You're going to wait and meet them when they're Even pros. If, yeah. <laughs> then Even I have more lose. experience. Sometimes in, you in losing you win, right? Of course, you learn when so, you lose. You, yeah. you 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 don't learn from success. You learn from failure. That's right. a fact in everything. Yeah. And so. That's true. But yeah. fighting in those at those tournaments while you yeah the, the deck stacked against you there is no doubt. But you learn something. Yeah. Um. The alternative is you become a pro, you fight a lot of easy opposition for the first 10 or 12, 15 fights, and then you got to fight that guy that you didn't want to fight in the amateur competition. Yeah. And now you have no idea what to yeah. do. Meanwhile, he has all that experience and, and the 10 real, or 15 pro and fights. And the real gold is on the line, the one you put in your pocket, yeah. right? And so some, <laughs> some of these guys, like Lomachenko, didn't even need any pro fights. Think of, look at, yeah. look at how, how much he accomplished in the amateurs. Uh, Dimitri Bivol, he's, he's fighting for the title with 10 fights. I mean, that's because they get such an education in that Eastern European, uh, very, very regimented, very, uh, I mean, I, I've been to some boxing schools and I've seen them in, in Russia and Shalyavin, of course, Sergei is from, yeah. they have a whole school, they have 50 guys and they're, they're training together and they're all doing the same stuff and they're all learning the same fundamentals and then they, they're in all these Eastern European countries that used to be Russia, that used to come, you know, when it was yeah, one the, country, the USSR, and they yeah, would come and compete yeah. with us. Well, now Kazakhstan and Uzbekistan and Russia and Ukraine, they're all their own country now. Well, yeah. now they're all competing with each other, and they're coming into the world competitions. And then we have to beat all of them instead of just one of them, which used to be yeah. set up. That's why the deck stacked against us. Right. I can see why guys get discouraged because it's not enough to beat the best Russian. You've got to beat the best Uzbeki. You've got to beat the best, yes. you know, Kazakhstani. You've got to beat the best, the best Ukrainian. These these are formidable teams. 
who used to whittle down to one guy, one guy and now there's yeah. six of them and you've got to face, you know, at least half of them are going to make it through a bracket of a tournament. That's tough. Stop discouraging me, guys. Come but, on. <laughs> but you're going to learn from yeah. that. And, 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 and again, you're, they're going to get 10 pro fights and then they're going to come and beat you. So, you know, it, because that's what's happening yeah. in Americans. And, and it's, it's a shame. And I would fix it if I could, but yeah. I do know USA Boxing is working at remedying it. They're they're doing some, um, they're doing a, a, some matches coming up uh, this month. I think next week uh, up up near, around Boston with the Irish team. You know they're, they're trying. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I would say you know that's that's important stuff. Uh, if if you are a young guy and you enter and you, and you are turning pro and you want to make yourself valuable, then the next best thing is to you know build a following. Mm-hmm. So when you come to a promoter, you say, "I can sell tickets." That's the first, that's music to all of our ears. We, we need meet to, in seats. Yeah, <laughs> you've got to put people in seats. If you're a guy and you you don't have the amateur background, you don't have the experience, you don't you don't have the skills that a, that a, a elite fighter amateur has, then the only thing you can offer us is that you can put people in seats. And then maybe we have the incentive to invest in you to build you to get you to where you can compete with those people. Awesome. Awesome. So basically, keep hustling young guys out there. <laughs> and if you build it, they will come. So awesome yeah. stuff. Thank you. I don't want to take up any more of your time. This has been awesome. I'm sure the fans are going to love this. So I appreciate your time. Thank this is Luis Cortez with CEO and Queen of Main Events, Kathy Duva. <laughs>